My mother's people were all coal miners. My father's people were all steel workers. They all worked in the mills. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in Pittsburgh. We play for city and country. The city is Pittsburgh. And this is Steelers country. All right, this is Steeler country. I'm your host, Tony. Week 14 in the books, the Pittsburgh Steelers defeat the Baltimore Ravens 39-38, bringing their record now to 11-2. First in the AFC North, clinching the division. And first in the AFC and bringing us to the matchup against the Patriots. We have a lot to go over tonight. I know I haven't done this podcast in a month, and I, you know, I think uh, I got a lot to say. Uh, but let's, let's start back with, with where we left off before we get to this Baltimore game, because a lot has happened. The last time we did this podcast was after Indi- the Indianapolis game, uh, and, and that was a, kind of a nail-biting come-from-behind win. Something we have seen from this team going uh, you know, in, in, the, in those subsequent four weeks. Right? In fact, a lot of interesting things have happened really since the bye week. There's been a lot of things written about this team and said about this team, especially about their ability to blow teams out or their, their, um, you know, this kind of playing down to their opponent type thing, uh, the, the, the kind of narrative that has been spun about this team. Um, and, and really, you know, the, the lack of defense or, or this, this, you know, taking a step back that the defense has had certainly since Joe Hayden's injury. Uh, I think you know all of those things are true in in one way or another, but I think a lot of a lot of that is missing what's really been going on for the past four weeks. And I have to start this off by saying, look, I I have been wrong for a large part of the season about the team. Um, you know, going back and looking at the begin, knowing what we know now after these first four weeks, and going back to the beginning of the season and looking at the struggles that this team had and what was going on. Um, off, especially offensively, you know, we, we said, oh, you know, I, I certainly said, oh, Ben Roethlisberger, maybe this is him taking a step back. Maybe this is what Ben Roethlisberger, who's maybe on his last legs, looked like, right? It's not that he's a bad quarterback. It's not that he's an average quarterback. He's just not a great quarterback anymore. Uh, but certainly with the offensive resurgence that we've seen over the past four weeks now, right, you kind of turn that on its head and you have to go back. And you have, I think you have to use... Those four games, and you can't say that these four games don't mean anything because of the because of the games that preceded it, or you can't say that those games that preceded these this four games don't matter because of what's been happening now. Right? I think you have to balance the, between them, and I think what what was missed throughout this year, and I think it's it's largely due to the schedule uh, that the Steelers have had and, and the way that the schedule was constructed, and then what happened against Jacksonville. That what what I've missed about this team and really about Ben Roethlisberger is that this it hasn't so much been about Ben Roethlisberger playing poorly or playing well or is he getting too old or any of that. It is, you know, it is something that I we've been talking about for the past two years, which is that Ben Roethlisberger is a different quarterback on the road than he is at home. And you look at the way the schedule is constructed, and there were just so many road games in those first nine games, right, that... It was very easy to build a narrative around this team, around the play of Ben Roethlisberger. And and then you looked at the Jacksonville game, right? And Ben on the road, Ben on the road, Ben on the road. Yeah, but Jacksonville, right? But as we've gone through this season now, you can just see Jacksonville was kind of... Jacksonville is certainly the outlier of this season. 
No doubt about it. Five interceptions against Jacksonville. He played very poorly in that game, right? And and those things can't just be excused away. But if you look at every other home game we've played, Minnesota, uh, Cincinnati, and then uh, Tennessee, Green Bay, and now Baltimore, right? This offense has played as well as as they wanted to in those games. This is an offense that came into the year saying that we want to score 30 points a game. We want to score 30 points a game. And, you know, we mocked them for it. I mocked them for it for, for the first 11 weeks of the season, the first 10 weeks of the season. I said, look, how about you guys score 30 in a game before we start talking about averaging 30? Just score 30 in a game. And now, now that we're, now that we're, pretty much done with this season, right? We have kind of one mean, one more meaningful game left before before the postseason run, and you look at what this team has done. And yeah, they're only averaging 20 points a game on the road. But at home, they're averaging 29 points a game. And if you take out Jacksonville, the nine points they put in Jacksonville, if you take that out and you just average out those other games, they are averaging over 30 points a game. This is the offense we thought we were going to see. And everything you want to say about this team playing down to its opponent and defensively struggling and all oh my the, the, the breakdowns in the secondary and all of that that you want to say, that is all true. But it is not the most important thing about what's been happening uh, since, since midseason. The most important thing that has happened since I last did this podcast is the offensive resurgence. You can you can talk about oh we can't we can't win with this defense and Tom Brady's going to pick us apart and yada 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 and that may be true but I but I can say with one hundred percent certainty that the offense that we saw against Detroit against Indianapolis uh, against Kansas City right that offense was going to struggle against New England they were going to lose against a, a high powered offense like a New England like like a Philadelphia right this that that offense. An offense that kind of gets stuck right around 20 points, that was never going to be successful. So now that we go into this game, do we feel like Tom Brady might throw 30 on us again? Yes. But do I feel like this offense might throw 30 on the Patriots? Absolutely, yes. And that's a winning formula because we've seen this, we've seen this defense play well at times this year. And, and I think you can point to some things defensively that can be fixed and, and should be fixed, certainly if, if Joe Hayden is able to come back in, in, right? I mean, this this is a defense that has really struggled at times when, when it comes to communication and these kind of deep passes that are happening. Um, you know, a lot of that comes down to just communication and, and understanding where you're supposed to be. And, and with Joe Hayden not being there and trying to replace him with Sensabaugh and then bring in Cam Sutton, a rookie, uh, you know, into the lineup, it, it certainly hasn't been a fluid uh, transition and, and and then you know you have you had Mike Mitchell during this whole thing he's been injured of course you know the the uh, the injury to Ryan Shazier um, which you know is terrible and having to replace him now with and Matikavich going down as well so now you're down to your third string guy and a guy off the street and Sean Spence uh, I know he's been in this system before but you know again he hasn't played football in, in uh, you know probably nine months so um, yeah it's tough it, it, it's it's been a tough transition defensively but offensively, we are exactly where we, we wanted to be, right? And I don't think defensively, you know, I get that the cracks are there and that, and you know, the, the dam has kind of broken a couple times here, especially against Green Bay and Baltimore. Baltimore, though, you know, this said, I mean, let's, let's, let's go over this Baltimore game because, you know, I know I haven't done the podcast in, in the past couple weeks, but, um, you know, I thought the Steelers were going to lose this game. I thought this was a very losable game for the Steelers. Coming in, right? Coming off of a coming off of this Bengals game on a Monday night game, uh, a hard 
road game against an opponent that, again, they were trying to save their season. Cincinnati-Pittsburgh is always a physical game, and it's always kind of a dirty game. Um, and I mean that in the kind of things happening after the play and, and you know, the kind of extracurricular stuff that, you know, injuries, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, not, not to say that, that, was, that that's what happened in, in this Cincinnati game. I think it was a hard-hitting game. I think there was, you know, some, some dirty play. But, um, you know, the Ryan Chazier was, was between the tackles. Um, and, and But I just thought coming out of that game, and having to go on a short week and then facing Baltimore in a game where, again, they need to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. Um, you know, they don't want to get swept by us. Flacco always plays well against our defense. Our defense is not playing as well, especially without Joe Hayden, right? They're trying to replace, they're trying to get Mike Mitchell back into the lineup. They're trying to replace Shazier. They're trying to, to figure out what to do at, at, at the opposite Artie Burns, whether it be Cam Sutton, whether it be Cody Sensabaugh, right? And now you're facing Baltimore, who's kind of on this resurgent. Um, especially offensively, and I thought, yeah, I mean, this is the, the recipe is all there for this team to just have one of those kind of stupid games that happens, especially against our against division opponents. And it, you know, in in large part, right, it did happen because yes, while we got up fourteen to nothing, the signs started to be there. The the, the poor tackling came back in a humongous way against Alex Alex Collins. Flacco started hitting some passes, those the vintage deep uh, pass interference that he loves to to throw. And yeah, the, you know, it it kind of started snowballing the opposite direction, and it felt like, yeah, this is going to be the stupid loss that the Steelers are going to have, right? We have to regroup from this. But the difference here is that that's not how it played out. That's not how it played out because offensively, we are now the pick your poison type of offense that we want to be. And if you want to stack eight in the box and you want to dedicate your defense to saying no, 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 I'm not letting Le'Veon Bell beat me because Le'Veon Bell will beat me then that's perfectly fine because we have the talent at quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, all over the field to beat you in the with, oh, in the air. And Ben Roethlisberger is playing as well through these past four games as he's played all season. It has been young Ben Roethlisberger. And I said earlier in this year, you know, we're not going to see vintage Ben anymore. You know, we're going to kind of see a diminished version. Wrong, wrong, 100% wrong. I'm coming to you hat in hand right now and telling you I was wrong about Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger may not play well on the road. And I think that is still true. That has been true for the past couple years. If you look at Ben's stats home and away, you know, home, it is incredible. And away, it is not as good. Um, And I think this year has been no different from that. But at home, Ben Roethlisberger this year has been terrific. And especially in this last run. Um, You know, you look at the weapons that this team has. And and I'll, I'll talk about Martavis Bryant straight up. Because again, here's another guy that I ripped earlier in the year. As he went through his kind of you know selfish I you know I want what's mine kind of bull right I mean I, I still think that that was uh, nonsense from him but we're just talking about his play on the field again he has certainly improved he ha- he has not been the Martavis Bryant that we all remember right he hasn't been splashy he hasn't been making the kind of game changing or game breaking plays that uh, you know he made earlier in his career and kind of what made him the the pro- projected to be this kind of next great Steeler receiver we certainly have not seen that. But he has been a, a decent asset for us offensively. And he has, he has not been the kind of liability offensively that we've seen him be earlier in the year. A.B. is having an MVP-like season. Or he really just is having an MVP season. Um, he is incredible and making plays right when we need them, right? I mean, it is the plays that he's making are not just spectacular, but it's not like we're up 21 and he's making a spectacular catch. 
you know, you go back to the Kansas City game and the unbelievable catch he made in that game. You look at the catches that he made down the stretch in this game. Uh, you know, he has made catch after catch and play after play, whether it's the, the, the catch against Green Bay to set up the field goal in that one. Uh, same thing against Cincinnati. Um, you know, just so many unbelievable plays from AB this year. Statistically, he's, he's you know, he's out of, out of this world. 1,500 yards already, uh, already 100 catches. Uh, or just a 99, just about 100 catches. Uh, it's It has really been an incredible performance from him. And then you go to Juju, who didn't play in this Baltimore game. And I think, you know, again, a testament to what's been happening outside of Juju, right? The resurgence of these these second-tier receivers on the team, not a, everyone not named A.B., right? Martavis stepping up, Eli getting back into the fold. And then, of course, you got to talk about the tight ends, whether it be Jesse James or Vance McDonald. What, you know, if Vance can stay healthy, but I thought Vance McDonald was great in this game when he was healthy, and I think he showed a little bit of you know what we what we thought he could be when we traded for him from San Francisco, and some of the excitement that I had coming into the season, uh, he he kind of showed that in this game. But then Jesse kind of went back to being that reliable, you know, not again, not a splashy tight end, not going to make you know big catches in big moments, um, or not not going to be that kind of consistent player in those moments, but I thought he made some great catches in this game, great run after catch he showed, and he had a huge catch, and I believe it was a third and 15 late in this game that, uh, you know, kept that drive alive at the end that ended up being the the game winner. So, uh, you know, he's a guy who's, you know, kind of had lulls throughout this season, but as, again, as the offense has kind of come up now, and we've had this resurgence, this is what this is what it was going to take, right? You can talk about Le'Veon, Le'Veon, Le'Veon. You can talk about AB. You can talk about Ben needs to play better. But as those as everyone started to get better, you know, Ben is lifting everyone up with him. Bell is lifting everyone up with him, right? Martavis is playing better because Ben is playing better. Eli is getting involved because Ben is playing better, right? Uh, Jesse James and the tight ends are getting more involved because Ben's seeing the field better, right? And again, this is just. I, I can't explain why it's it's that way at home and it's not that way on the road, but you can just look at the results on the field and you can see it that way. So, yes, we can make all we want to make about, oh, defense, 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 and I agree with it. I agree. Defensively, it has not been good and it needs to get better. But don't don't fool yourself into thinking that that's going to, you know, that's what's going to cost us. That's what's going to cost. We're going to get, you know, we're going to get beat because our defense isn't, isn't good. We were going to get beat because our offense couldn't score. Now... You want to throw up 38 on us at home. That's fine. That's fine. Because we'll score we'll score 39. That's the kind of team we are right now. I'm not saying that it's it's great that we're gonna be in shootouts every week, but my my hypothesis here is I don't think we're gonna be in shootouts every week. I think defensively, we've got a core of great guys, and we just have to figure out how to make them work again. Right? We need to get Mike Mitchell's ankle in a place where he can be Mike Mitchell again. Sean Davis has to start playing at a high level. And again, we've seen him play it at a high level this year. You go back to the and watch the Kansas City tape, and he's all over the field. We need to get Stephon Tuitt playing at a high level again. I, I think he's kind of disappeared, uh, especially against Baltimore, just nowhere to be found in that game. Uh, and and kind of shocking to me. I don't know if he's nursing any kind of injury or whatnot, but certainly he's not playing. He was not playing to the level. Um, I think... You know, Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt, they've been asked to drop more in coverage, especially T.J. Watt. But when they're when, when T.J.'s rushing the passer, he's been fantastic. And Bud, he has all the athleticism and all the talent. You know, as I've said, you know, he goes through these moments where he's just kind of this one-trick pony with the speed rush. And when that's not there, you know, it kind of all falls apart for him. And on top of that, you know, he, it leaves him as a liability in the run and not stealing the edge. So, 
you know, we'll see. And look, they got to figure out a way to replace Shazier. I like that they brought in Sean Spence. I like that they're putting Arthur Mosid inside linebacker, right? They're not just going to say, well, next man up, LT Fort. Uh, you know, he's going to be the guy. Maybe he is the guy because I don't think the Motes experiment, I don't think the Spence experiment, you know, really worked too much with, you know, it certainly didn't pass with any sort of flying colors or anything on Sunday night. But I like that Keith Butler is going to try some things to replace Ryan Shazier because he was such a unique player uh, that, you know, it's going to take probably more than one guy to replace him. And then the other thing we have to talk about with this team is as we talk about, oh, they play down to their opponents, they play down to their opponents, you know, they keep having these close games. Yeah, we keep having these close games, but we're winning. We're winning these games, right? Yes, we had the crappy loss earlier in this year. We played down to our opponent in Chicago. And as I've said a million times in this podcast, the problem with that game is not that we played down to our opponents and couldn't tackle uh, Howard or, or Cohen and gave up all those running yards, right? The, and it was not a, it's not a big deal that Eli fumbled that punt or that we had the, those turnovers or that we had the blocked kick. You know, the problem with that game is that we lost. That, was a, that ended up being a loss. Because, again, we've played poorly like that in other games this year. You go right to the, Indiana, to the Indianapolis game, right? And you can look at that game and have very similar thoughts to what you did against Cleveland. The difference is, or excuse me, against Chicago. The difference is we beat Indianapolis. We lost to Chicago. So, yes, did we play poorly against Green Bay? Should that game has been, have been that close? Absolutely not. Absolutely not should have been that close. It should not have been that close. The Cincinnati game. I mean, yes, the Ryan Chazier injury changed that game probably. And, you know, you really can't blame the Steelers for being, you know, certainly flat and lethargic for, for the, you know, the remainder of the first half at least um, because that was a devastating – that was a devastating play and a, a de- just a devastating moment to watch Ryan Chazier. Uh, you know, they had to bring up the backboard and just, you know, everything about that hit was just, you know, awful to watch. Um, and I can't imagine trying to be a, a player and, and, you know, after having watched him and, and you know – um, having to go back out there and then, oh, yeah, that's right, I have to still have to play this football game. I, I, I honestly can, I don't know how the Steelers went out there and did that. I don't know how they were able to put up that second-half performance that they did um, and come back and, and win that game in the fashion that they did in the atmosphere that it was. Um, that was really incredible. Uh, and, and, you know, so should that game have been as, as close? You know, probably not. Uh, Baltimore, you know, again, I, I think Baltimore is probably – you know they certainly should not have given up 38 points. I think I think what happened in, uh, against Baltimore, I, you can probably you can draw some lines there and go, okay, this this makes sense, right? But it probably shouldn't have gotten out of hand as much as it did. Um, but again, the key here is that we're winning. It's not like we're playing in all these close games and losing. We're playing in all these close games, but we're this team has found a way to win. And I will go back to a 2008 phrase that we that kind of christened this podcast. And I, 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 it was Tomlin's thing that he said that year. And in 2008, we won the Super Bowl, and I bought into it for years afterwards. Throw style points out the window. Football is 60 minutes. And it doesn't matter how the game looks. The, the issue is winning. Throw style points out the window. This team certainly hasn't looked pretty at times. It certainly hasn't looked... Like Super Bowl caliber offense at times. It hasn't looked like Super Bowl caliber defense at times. But at the end of the day, if you're looking at a team in the AFC who has 11 wins, the only team with 11 wins, the only team that's clinched their division in the AFC, and the team that if they win on Sunday, they will have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, most likely, that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, yeah, you know, we play down to our opponents every once in a while. Yep, we do that. Yep. Defensively, eh, it doesn't look great all, all the time. Offensively, yeah, I mean, it looks kind of disorganized at times. It just doesn't look like, what the hell are we, gonna, how are we even going to score a touchdown in this game? Yep, looks like that too. And that team has only lost twice. And if you look back at those two games, and you look at how those games were lost, look at what it takes to beat this football team. Chicago, we had a, a muffed punt. They blocked a field goal. The, they got a, a sack fumble on, on Ben. They had 200 rushing yards on us. They shut down our offense for you know what seemed like forever. We just couldn't move the ball. They beat us in overtime on, on two long runs. You look at what happened with Jacksonville. That game was 9-7. to We're up in the second half. And they have to get five interceptions, five interceptions to win that game. Maybe it would have only taken three, but still, that's what it's going to take to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers because that is what it's going to take to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. I don't think, I don't, I really don't think we're going to get, if we want to project now to what's going to happen against New England, we want to talk about this game. And, and by the way, you have to love Mike Tomlin in that press conference talking about it's great, you know, it, it's great to be in moments like this. You have to relish moments like this. This is, you know, this is why we watch, right? This is why we as fans watch, and I'm sure this is why Tomlin coaches and this is why the players play, is to be in games like this. Everything's on the line. This is it. You circled this game Back in preseason, and you said, oh, we're playing New England in December. That'll be a big game. And here we are. It's December, and this is a gigantic game. And I do, before we talk about this, I want to talk about, you know, what, what Mike Tomlin said after, or excuse me, during, well, it was actually before the Green Bay game, but it was played during the broadcast. When Tony Dungy asked him, what do you think, you know, what do you think about New England, right? You're really you're thinking about New England, even though you're not supposed to. You're thinking about New England, aren't you? And Tomlin basically answered, "You want to know the real thing? Absolutely, I am. Absolutely, because that's going to be that game's going to be fireworks, and it's probably going to be part one of a two part series. And the first game is going to determine where the second game is played. And everyone ripped Tomlin for saying that. Oh, how you're you're looking ahead. You're looking ahead to New England. How could you say that? Which is, you know, and I get that we're in hot take sports culture, and so everybody has to say the dumbest thing that possibly comes to your mind. And so, you know, when Mike Tomlin actually gets real for a minute and breaks out a coach speak and says, absolutely, I'm thinking about New England because this team, no matter how good it is, is going to be judged by its ability to beat the New England Patriots. And we can sweep the Ravens, which we've done. And we can sweep Cincinnati, which we've done. And we can sweep Cleveland, which we probably will do. And we can sweep the whole friggin' division. And we can finish with the second best record in the AFC or the best record in the AFC. But if we don't beat the New England Patriots, this season will be a failure. And everyone goes, oh, could you say that? I can't believe you're looking ahead to New England. Yeah, because, hello, we're all thinking that. We're all thinking that. Every single person, if you are a Steelers fan this year, Steelers fan, Steelers player, Steelers front office person, anyone, that's exactly how you're thinking about this season. And if you're, if you're not, you're lying to yourself. This season comes down to this Sunday. I said this last year on the podcast. I kept saying the only thing that's going to stop the Pittsburgh Steelers from making it to the Super Bowl is injuries. And, what, and I said that because we had the Patriots at home, which I thought was a winnable game. And what happened in that game? Ben Roethlisberger went out for, for a couple weeks there, uh, missed that game. Uh, missed Well, I guess that was technically the only game he really missed. Although if you consider how he played against Miami and against Baltimore last year, he technically missed three games. But um, but no, I mean, look, the, the one game that Ben Roethlisberger misses last year is the most important one. It was the one where we could have won the tiebreaker. Um, and obviously that didn't happen. So this year, 
It's the same thing. This game is going to determine whether or not this team has a chance to make it to the Super Bowl. It, it, is, it is both exciting and kind of terrifying that the Pittsburgh Steelers, in order to play in Minneapolis, in order to get to the Super Bowl, they're probably going to have to sweep the New England Patriots. They probably have to sweep them. We have to beat them this week, and then we're probably going to play them again. We're probably going to play them again. And that game will be a home game again. And we'll have to sweep them. And we'll have to sweep them. We'll have to beat them again. I don't know if the Steelers can go to New England and win. That's my problem, right? It was the same kind of thing last year where it's like, look, this team doesn't play as well on the road. You can't beat Brady's playoff record is unbelievably good. They just don't lose in the playoffs at home. They don't. It just does not happen. If you're going to beat them, it's because you got, you got home field advantage. And so they're coming to your place. That's when they lose football games. So, okay, we got this game at home. Cool. Cool. Now, the other thing that's funny about this is everyone rips on Tomlin because, oh, he's looking ahead, he's looking ahead, he's playing down to his opponents. You know, Coward wrote that thing. Can't blame the Steelers players on this one. You know, their coaching staff is preparing them for New England. Oh, okay. Uh, How did New England do this week against Miami? Were they looking ahead? Were they looking ahead to the Steelers? Huh? You think they – I didn't hear Bill Bill Belichick. Were you looking ahead to Pittsburgh? Because if Tomlin was looking ahead to New England, then I will get a standing ovation for Mike Tomlin. Great job preparing for two teams every week on this run. Because if, 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 since Green Bay, you've been prepping for New England, then that's awesome. We got three weeks prep on that, and we didn't lose a single game in between. So, hey, Mike Tomlin, good job. And Bill Belichick, if you were doing the same thing, uh, not quite as good. Put up a shitty performance against Miami. Uh, came up with the L. This game against New England is gigantic. You can't, I mean, look, there's no hyperbole, you know, for this game against New England, right? I mean, this is the AFC Championship game part one. This is determining where part two is going. And it and that matters. That absolutely matters. New England is coming off of a, you know, kind of a humiliating loss against Miami, which, yes, means that they're going to be extra pissed off. And New England hasn't lost two games in a row since 2012 and yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Um yeah, all those things are true. All those things are true. I, it doesn't bother me, right? This is this is the game. This is the game for the Steelers, and we are we are going into this game with very little excuse. Yes, Joe Hayden may not play, and and you know is that going to be a problem for us? Potentially, potentially that's a problem. Yeah, I think it would be. We would certainly feel better if Joe Hayden were playing in this game because the Steelers are probably going to play more man-to-man coverage. I don't think they're going to play man-to-man on every play. I don't think that's a good idea against Brady. Um, but, you know, Joe Hayden is a press man corner. So, you know, having him and having him healthy coming into this game would have been better. Having Ryan Shazier and having Ryan Shazier healthy would have been better going into this game. But we've got Ben Roethlisberger healthy. We've got Le'Veon Bell healthy. We've got Antonio Brown healthy. And we've got an offense that is playing at the level we want them to be playing going into this. This was supposed to be the killer bees. How are you going to stop the killer bees? Defensively, who gives a shit how we're going to play? Because how are you going to stop our offense? We're all worried about how are, how are we going to stop Brady? How are we going to stop Brady? How are we going to stop Brady? Has anyone stopped to think about how they're going to stop us? How is, how is New England going to stop us? Are they going to shut down Le'Veon Bell? Are they going to shut down Antonio Brown? Are they going to shut down Ben Roethlisberger? They're going to... They're, again, yes. Okay, the Brady lit us up. Lit us up in the AFC Championship game last year. Yes, agreed. Go back and watch the tape of that game. Go back and watch the tape of that game and watch offensively what's happening. 
because offensively, we actually had some real success in that game and had opportunities to, to be right in that game at times. But it was D'Angelo Williams at running back. It was Sammy Coates trying to come up with big catches at times. It was Cody Hamilton trying to come up with big catches at times. There was no Martavis. There was no Juju. There was no Le'Veon. It was a, it's a very different offense. You go back and watch that game, and it is very funny to watch the big moments in that game and who the Steelers were trying to get the ball to. Because if New England's big goal here is they're going to put eight in the box and double A-B, cool. I'll go to Juju. I'll go to Martavis. I'll go to Jesse James. I trust those guys. I've seen those guys play big in big moments. And, you know, Mike Tomlin talked about this week being a shirt and caps type game. You win this game, you get the shirt, you get the cap for AFC North Division Championships. And those guys came up with big plays this week. It was Yes, A.B. had the stellar moments. A.B. had the big moments. Le'Veon had some big plays. But the unsung heroes of that game are, the, are Vance McDonald and Jesse James. Those two combined for over 100 yards receiving. We talk about who's the number two on this team. I don't even know who the number two on this team is anymore. I, it's, it's Juju. It's Martavis. It's Jesse. In, in, when this team is playing at the high level that they're playing at right now, it's whoever Ben wants to go to. And that's the beauty of this offense. That's the beauty of what we're seeing right now. Now, look, we look at Tom Beatty. You, you, how are we going to stop them? Defensively, we have to get pressure on him. I know everyone want, everyone in Pittsburgh is so pissed off because we didn't play man-to-man against him last year. I, again, this is another one of those cases where I think we miss the forest from the trees, right? We talk about this team right now. We, we just talk about defense, 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 defense. Oh, my God, what's happening to the defense? And we don't talk about, hey, this offense actually looks unbelievably good right now. Right? This offense actually looks unstoppable. And at the moments you need it, they're coming up with the biggest drives they've come up with all year. So when we go back to the defense and we talk about oh, how are we going to stop Brady, you know, again, I get the man-to-man thing. I get that, oh, you have to play man-to-man to beat Brady because that's traditionally what teams have done. And really, you know, that's what Denver did. That's what Baltimore did, right? I mean, the, these are the teams that have beaten him in the past, and that's the style that they – and Miami did that on Sunday. Okay, or Monday night. I get that. Okay, yes. Man-to-man is, is, is a thing that can stop Brady. But you know the thing that really stops Brady? Because I don't care – again, it's what, the, what I said earlier in the year. I don't care what coverage you're playing behind it. If you're getting to the passer, I don't give a shit what coverage you're playing. If Brady's under fire, if Brady feels like he's got pressure, he's not making the throws. He looked like he looked like dog shit on Monday night, especially when he had guys in his face. He was throwing inaccurate. He wasn't seeing the field. He was just trying to get the ball out of there. He had happy feet, and that's what happens to quarterbacks. He doesn't have – look, Tom Brady right now does not have great movement in the pocket. He still does a great job of stepping up in the pocket, so it's going to be important for Tuit and Hayward to get pressure up the middle and not drive, you know, not drive down the field so much, try to stay in front of Brady. But if we if, – I, I tell you what, if it's James, if it's James Harrison and TJ Watt and, and Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuit, and I'm not saying we have to rush five. I'm not saying you have to blitz Brady. I'm not saying bring Hilton off the edge. I think people have tried to figure out the Mike Hilton off the edge Blitz. That hasn't worked as much anymore. But you know what has worked? You know what has worked for this team this time? Just rush three. Just rush four and get to them with that. If we can get to Tom Brady with four, and if those four are James Harrison or Bud Dupree plus Stefan Tuitt, Cam Hayward, and TJ Watt, and you can even throw Hargrave in there. If we get to Brady that way, we're going to get some stops in this game. We're going to get some big stops in this game. We will shut him down. And it's not, again, I go back to Look, if this is this is not the offense that can't score more than twenty. We're not talking about holding Brady down to fifteen points or whatever. It's not. We're not talking about that anymore. Look, if Brady, if if we hold 
the the Patriots to under 30. I think it's a gigantic success, and I think it gives our offense an unbelievable chance to win this game. We've seen New England's defense this year play unbelievably poorly many, many times. And I get that we want to talk about a resurgent New England defense, a resurgent New England defense. Who are they resurgent against? Who exactly have they been resurgent against? What have we seen them do against the top offenses in this league? Have they played the top offenses in this league? Am I supposed to be impressed that they shut down the Buffalo Bills? Am I supposed to be impressed that they shut down an Atlanta Falcons team that you know is so poorly coached that a team that was unstoppable last year loses no players and all of a sudden their offensive output is basically half of what it was last year? Am I supposed to be impressed that oh they shut oh they shut that down? Wow, incredible. Who have who am I supposed to be impressed that they've shut down this year? Cuz I'm looking through the schedule. They lost to Carolina. They they lost to, to Kansas City. You look through the, their schedule at the team that they've played. Oh, they shut down the Broncos. Well, well, excuse me. Hold on a minute. They shut down Trevor Simeon. Actually, no, it was Brock Osweiler in that game. Huh. Unbelievable. They oh, they shut down they shut down the Oakland Raiders and Derek Carr. Derek Carr, who again everyone talked about MVP, MVP, MVP last year. Now he comes back this year. Uh, he's terrible. That that team is terrible. And they shut down the Jets. Am I supposed to be impressed that they shut down the Jets? You watch Jay Cutler in Miami rip that defense apart. Rip that defense apart. You know why? You know why? Because on the road against a team that knows you, it's not that easy to play great defense. It's not that easy. And, it's, and, and Dolphins aren't coming out there with Le'Veon Bell and Martavis Bryant and A.B. and Juju and Eli Rogers and Jesse James and all the things that we're going to throw at this defense. I would be, look, I'm going to be very, very surprised. I'm going to be shocked if we don't put up 30 on these guys. Shocked. It'll be just, Tomlin talked about it in the press conference. We can't be kicking field goals in this game. And we, and I'll tell you another thing. We shouldn't kick field goals in this game. If it's fourth and under five and, and we're in field goal range, you better go for it. Go for it. Go for it on fourth down more than you normally would, especially in Patriot territory. Put up points. I mean, you've got to put your foot on the gas in this game. And it is just drive the friggin' stake for 60 minutes of football. This offense is playing at an unbelievably high level. Ben Roethlisberger playing at, at, a, at the highest level he's played all year. Same can be said about Antonio Brown. Same can be said about Le'Veon Bell. Give those guys the ball and let them make plays. And if they want to double-team A.B., go to Juju. Go to Martavis. Go to Jesse. Trust in those guys. Those guys will be open and they will make plays. And, and if those guys aren't open, then go to Le'Veon in the flat and make their linebackers try to go laterally and, and make that play. Because again, I don't think they can. We all want to talk about defense, defense, defense. I think defensively, we have the talent to do it. I hope, I hope that, you know, guys like Cam Sutton and Cody Sensabaugh and LT Fort and Sean Spence and Arthur Mose are up for the task. Because yes, Tom Brady's going to come after those guys. And that's going to be the part of the defense that he's going to attack. He's going, the biggest exploit on our defense right now, everyone wants to talk about, oh, we don't tackle well and we don't. We don't, we don't defend the deep pass. The thing that has worried me from preseason about this team has been our ability to cover the middle of the field. And especially now without Ryan Shazier, I, I worry it is just going to be the, the floodgates open, right? That is my worry. But again, 
It won't matter if you get pressure on Brady. If TJ Watt and Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt and James Harrison are rushing the passer, and you said, look, just look at the, the, the pedigree of talent that I'm talking about there. TJ Watt is a, should be a defensive rookie of the year candidate. He has been unbelievable. And the plays that he made against Baltimore, especially that last one, the hustle that he showed on that last play, didn't have a great pass rushing game. But that last play, he's rushing after Flacco. The heart, the hustle that he showed to get there. I mean, that's what you want to see about your rookie guys. That's what you want to see. Yes, is he probably tired as hell? Because it is, you know, we are into February now where normally the college season is over. Has he played more snaps than he's ever played in his college career? Absolutely. It didn't matter on that play because that was all about getting the shirt and t-shirt, the, the, the shirt and hat. So you're talking about Stefan Tuitt, Cam Hayward, two of the best interior defensive linemen in the NFL right now, and James Harrison, one of the greatest pass rushers of all time, who has zero wear and tear this year. Zero wear and tear from game time, right? You know, I know he's pissed off because he wanted to play more. And, you know, he, he wouldn't have signed with us if he didn't play. And you know what, James? That's perfectly fine. And I'm glad you're pissed off. And please take out your anger on one Mr. Tom Brady for the 40 snaps you're going to see on Sunday. Because I guarantee you, Tom, James Harrison is not playing the, the, you know, 10 snaps in this game. I, I know James Harrison is going to see the field. And Bud Dupree, if you wanted to have a breakout performance, if you wanted to show the world that, hey, you know what? I am a great uh, outside linebacker. I can be a great elite pass rusher in this league. Now would be the time to show it. Because, again, we can talk about how's already going to play against Brandon Cooks and, and is Sean Davis going to uh, you know, have just boneheaded plays over and over again? And is, is, how is Cam Sutton or how is Cody Sensabaugh going to fare against Tom Brady in his first matchup? And, you know, I mean, for... For uh, Cam Sutton, this will be what, like his third game ever as a pro? Fourth game as a pro, maybe? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, yes, I worry about those things. But I more worry about pass rush. Because if it's if we're playing cover two, if we're playing cover three, if we're playing man-to-man, it's not gonna, to me, it's not going to matter. If Tom Brady has, you know, five seconds in the pocket to just pick us apart, he's going to pick us apart. The most important thing is getting pressure. So that, to me is the key. And the thing I like about this defense is that they have shown at times that they can get pressure, especially earlier in the year. They were they were really able to get some pressure. Now, it has it certainly has fallen off. I will give you that. If there's ever a time for it, for it to make its appearance again, this would be the one. And again, I'm not asking for this defense to go back to what they did against Kansas City and, and you know some of their dominant defensive performances earlier in the year, right? Just don't let Brady kill you every single possession. If they punt Six times in this game, five, six times in this game, we win. We win. I mean, just watch the – if, if Brady and company have five, six, seven unsuccessful possessions, we are going to win this football game. That's what it's going to take. It, it doesn't mean that every single possession has to be three and out. But if they start punting and kicking field goals on five to six to seven possessions, we win. We win. That's what it's going to take. They're going to put up points. They're going to have moments, right? Who is going to cover Rob Gronkowski? Because it's not going to be Hilton. It's not going to be Gay, right? Is it going to be Golden? Is it going to be Sean Davis? You know, who are they going to put out there to cover them? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answer for that. There isn't a great option right now. But someone's got to do it. And, you know, again, it's, it's going to be a bad matchup for us. Having Dion, you know, going up against Dion Lewis and James White and Rex Burkhead and Brady being able to throw to dump it off to running backs, and we're going to have to get our inside linebackers moving laterally more. 
Yes, that is going to be a problem in this game. And yes, it is going to be frustrating to watch. But again, it is not about shutting out the New England Patriots. The goal here is not a shutout or holding them to 10 or holding them to 20. Right? The, the goal here is hold them under 30 and offense go out there and do what you are capable of doing. And anything that this defense does to hold them under 30, if they hold them under 20, I mean, it is just icing on the cake at that point, right? The point here is offensively, you have to go out there and exploit a bad Patriots defense. And defense, all you got to do is not let the floodgates open. The Patriots are going to score, but limited, limited field goals, early punts. Don't let this game get away from us. Special teams, just don't fuck it up. That's all, I mean, again, that's all we care about. Don't have any muff punts. No stupid plays, kick, returning kicks out of the out of the end zone. All of that shit. None of that can happen. No blocked field goals. Nothing. No stupid turnovers. If we play our game, if we play the game we've seen this team play all year, we will beat New England. We will beat New England. I know that there's so much pessimism going into this game because, oh my God, look how bad this defense has been. And again... Uh, you know, I agree with that to a point, right? To a point. I don't think Tom Brady's going out there and putting 40 on us. I really don't. I think this defense has what it takes, and especially if Hayden comes back, to keep this thing under control. And I think offensively, this is where the real story of the game is going to be. Our offense against their defense. That's the story of the game. That's going to determine win and, a win and a loss. If offensively we play just as well as we've we've imagined this game for how many years now? How many years have we been talking about having the, the killer bees up in this performance? And how many times has it not come true for one reason or another? I believe this is Le'Veon Bell's first game ever against the New England Patriots. Well, I mean, last year he played six plays or whatever it was. If he plays more than 11, this will be his first time, you know? Uh, that's what we're looking at right now. That's what we're looking at. And, I mean, you go back and watch. And, and I think you really what you can do is go back and watch the difference from, from go to the AFC Championship game and then and watch that game. Right? And it's, it's sickening to watch, and I get that. But watch, off, watch that game offensively, right, and how different that offense looks from the offense we have right now. But then go back and watch the New England game in Pittsburgh. Go watch that game in Pittsburgh. Watch how different defensively it is. Because defensively in that game, we got some stops. We got the stops we needed. That game was, what, 26-17? to 17? That was a game with Landry Jones starting at quarterback. And that was, a, that was a game that, at times, the Steelers could have taken the lead. I believe they called a unbelievably bullshit holding call on a pass to Hayward Bay in the end zone or something like that where, where we would have taken the lead. We would have taken the lead in that game if not for that call. So... A home game against the Patriots, we have not seen this in a while. We have not seen this in a while. And I get that they've had our number and they've kicked our ass and yada yada. And I'm not trying to make excuses for every other time we've played this team. But this is this is what we have imagined, which is what if we had Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and they're playing at a high level and we're going up against the best team in the world. Well, here we are. And Sunday... We're going to, you know, it's, it's, it's either we prove it or we got to go back to the drawing board and figure this thing out because now we got to go to New England and beat this team in the playoffs. All right, that's going to do it for Steelers Country this week. Thank you all for listening. I apologize for being gone for so long. Uh, you know, life gets in the way here. Good things. 
good things, but you know, it just made it more difficult to do this podcast, especially throughout the week. But uh, I think those times are behind me. I will be back every week now, between now and Super Bowl Sunday, talking Steeler football with you. So I'll see you again next week.